Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. It's so important for us to know certain foundations and be established in them, like what is salvation. We might talk a little bit about that, but we will in a minute. Um, so if you missed last week, I encourage you to go online and get that. But I'm really excited about tonight. And I really had an expect, expectancy for, for many of us. Some, some of us will just enjoy smiling at the speaker. Uh, but some of you will, will really receive something. And I believe that, you know, as I was praying, God was just showing me how some of you, this is kind of like a moment in destiny for you where things are going to radically change because certain things are going to be undone in you and redone. Or done right, if you want to say. You know, regarding identity, because we're talking about identity now. Okay? But, you know, let me start off with this question. Did you know that salvation is not a matter of giving your life to Jesus? Dramatic pause. Christianity, salvation is not about you giving your life to Jesus. That's where I want to start off. It's got nothing to do with what you can give God or what you have given God. It's got everything to do with what He's given you. Okay? Grace is the essence of Christianity. Amen? Grace is the essence. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. What God has done for us and freely offers us. And it revolves around Him giving to us, not us giving to Him. Religion will focus on us doing for God and giving to God, and Christianity focuses on what He's done for us. Religious Christianity will focus on what we can do for Him, but true Christianity focuses on what He's done for us. You receive eternal life. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't uh, you obtain it. You receive it because it's a gift. Salvation, which is eternal life, the Spirit of God living in man, is a gift which needs to be received. Okay, This might seem like it's just a, f- a little bit of semantics, but it's, it's important because the, the, the nature of religion, in a negative sense, is focusing in on what we do and what we must do and what we can do okay? instead of what our gracious God has done for us. People you know, who are steeped in religion are often fixed on self-effort, self-performance. They, 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 they kind of often give into anxiety disorders. Now, not everyone with an anxiety disorder is in performance, so relax. But a lot are. So don't relax. I'm joking. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can say to one, I'm sure. But the point is, is that you know, it's, it's not about what we do, but what God's done for us. Yeah, I remember driving, I flew over Easter weekend, the one year, I flew to Harare, and Pastor Isaac and I drove from Harare up to Lusaka, and from Lusaka, in, in uh, what's that country's name? Ken, not Kenya, Zambia, all the way up to the Tanzanian border, um, and um, we were in a rural town of Nakonde, and we ministered to about 150 to 200 pastors who had come on Friday night and Saturday, and we ministered to them and, 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 and all that, and then they went Easter Sunday back to their churches. And as we were driving through Lusaka, this massive church building, I haven't, don't think I've seen such a big church building, with these massive pillars, and they had a, a banner, which was probably 
I'm going to underestimate just to be conservative, but half the size of this, bu- this, this building, floor space, a banner half the size, hanging on, to, on the front of the building saying, because uh, it's Easter now, Jesus gave his life for you. The least you can do is give your life for him. And I read that and I was like, I mean, firstly, that's not the gospel. <laughs> Secondly, the problem with that is that although it could sound true and there's some truth in it, it's not good news and it's burdensome. The gospel will never feel burdensome. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. I think we have the verses up tonight. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, In the passion, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And so there you see that that salvation is God's work. What He did, He reached out to us. Our response to Him is because He initiated the whole thing. So He initiated it and we responded. We love Him because... So it's not to do with us loving Him. It's got to do with Him loving us. Step one is let God love you. Okay? Yeah, He's the initiator. He's the activator. He's the perpetuator of our salvation from the beginning to the end, from the start to the finish. All we do is receive. The gospel has nothing to do with mankind reaching out to God. Easter didn't happen. The first Passover didn't, well not the first Passover, the first Easter. The first Passover was Moses, right? The first Easter where Jesus suffered and was risen from the dead. The first Easter was God reaching out to us, not God, us reaching out to Him and then Him responding. Okay? It's about the Godhead moved by love and compassion and mercy reaching down to mankind to support. To provide a way of escape. To provide salvation. To rescue us. God taking on a flesh of a human. In the form of a baby. Growing up. Empowered by the Spirit. To be able to accomplish what He accomplished. To give us salvation. The Spirit of God. Living in a man. Now there's nothing that we do except say thank you very much. We believe and we receive it. Titus 2. Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Titus 2.11 Grace being God's loving kindness towards men who didn't deserve it. His grace which brings salvation appears to every single person. Think, you know, now think about the worst unbeliever out there. <laughs> you know, think about the, the, the worst sinner out there. The worst sinner out there, but exactly the same grace towards them that every single one of us have. The same grace that says has appeared to all men. That grace that brings salvation. But we know salvation is not automatic. Okay? Grace is not automatic. What activates grace? What activates salvation in our lives? Faith. We need to believe. Okay, but the faith doesn't come before the grace. We don't believe and then God issues us grace. What do we do? We see grace and we respond by saying, wow, that's obvious. No one can be born again unless they hear the gospel. No one can become a Christian unless they hear the gospel. They hear the gospel and they go, wow, I want that. And then they can receive it. So faith doesn't activate God to move in our lives, even as Christians. 
You trust in God for, for breakthrough in your life. You believe in God. You believe in God. It doesn't get God to do anything. Okay, we often believe that. Like if I need breakthrough in my life, and so I'm going to just trust God, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, and then God's going to move in my life. No, He's not. How can I say that? Because God's not moving. He's, he's in us. He's already moved. He's done what He can do. Now we need to respond to His love. We need to respond to His grace. And what that will do is cause us to experience the goodness of God. So it's kind of like God's movement, which started 2,000 years ago. His movement happens in our lives, or it comes to fruitfulness in our lives, when we respond to Him. He's already moved. And when we move, it's because He moved, not to get Him to move. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10 from the ESV, says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So, for salvation to be activated in our lives, we must believe in our hearts. That God raised Jesus from the dead to make us right with Him. There's a specific thing. You're not just, you, yes, you're believing that Jesus rose up from the actual dead, but you're also believing that that happened so that, and in that happening, He made you right with Him. Because now, if you think about it, everyone who's religious on the face of the earth is trying to get right with God. But Christianity is saying, you are right with God because of what Jesus did. Just believe it. So Romans chapter 4 verse 25 shows us. He was handed over to die for our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. So this, this, another translation puts it like this and says that him being raised from the dead is proof that he makes you right with God. How awesome is that? We need to, if we believe that, that we don't make ourselves right, but He did everything in His power and ability to make us right with Him, that then, then we're saved. You can't be saved, born again, Christian, until you say, I can't save myself, I need help. And that moment that you say, I need a Savior... That's what this is saying. I need someone to make me right with God because in my effort I can never make myself right with God. In that moment, salvation is activated because that is faith. Okay? For salvation to be activated, you need to believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? Confess with your mouth that He is supreme. He is above all. He is who He says He is. So... Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 to 33 came to mind for me with that from the Passion. If you openly and publicly acknowledge me, I will freely and openly acknowledge you before my heavenly Father. But if you publicly deny me that, that you know me, I will also deny you before, your heaven, uh, before my heavenly Father. Okay, so that can make you a bit scared. So we're going to leave it there and we'll continue next week. <laughs> Imagine. Some of you won't make it through the week. <laughs> The, the, what this, this is speaking about saved and unsaved, believer and unbeliever, Christian and non-Christian. It's not speaking about Christians and Christians. So, relax. Okay, it's not saying that that one time you, you didn't stand up and say, I'm a Christian. 
It's not talking about that. Okay? That's immaturity. This is talking about heart belief, mouth confession unto salvation. Okay? Jesus isn't talking about unbelievers. Uh, sorry, He is talking about unbelievers, not Christians who are going through a bad patch, who are struggling with something. You know, think about Peter. He denies Jesus three times. And yet, Jesus doesn't disown him. What does Jesus do? He prays for him. He ministers to him. Okay? So for salvation to be activated, we also need to confess Jesus is Lord. And I believe that that could even just be a moment sometimes when we stand up and we're like, you know what? I really believe God has made me right through the resurrection. And, and I'm just saying I believe that. And He is Lord. And I want to be His child. You don't have to pray it, but just saying that even. And then you pray something, I'm sure. But it's just like in that moment, then that's born again. New creation. And that's what we're talking about. Salvation doesn't have any effort in it. This is good news. Amen? Amen. Salvation doesn't have any effort in it. The moment we say, yes, Lord, we become one with Him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 You become one spirit with Him. His spirit comes to live in you. That's salvation. God saying, I want to be one with you. And you say yes to Him. And now He comes and He makes His home in you forever. For eternity. Now you are one with Him. His Spirit comes to live in you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 1, there's no verse up the screen for it, but it says that now you are born of God because you believe. So now you're born of God. You've got His Spirit living in you. And you're a new creation. A new creation. That's Christianity. Making, if you think about all of that, make, you realize that making a decision to believe, to receive Christ, become a Christian... Changes everything. And since the introduction, I've never said giving your life to Him. I've been speaking about receiving His life. Receiving His Spirit because you believe. See, what will happen is, to, for salvation to happen, you go, yes Lord, I want that. And you receive His life, His Spirit to come and live in you. Then as you discover more and more of Christ in you, and you grow up as a Christian, and you, you start to, 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 to realize your identity and what He's done for you, you know what happens? You have the opportunity to give your life for Him. But if you never get there, you're still going to heaven. He still loves you. Salvation is a joining together of you and Christ. It's like marriage. You join together with Him. Okay, you, 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 you can't grow more one with Him, but you can grow in discovering more with, uh, more with Him. Grow in your intimacy with Him, yes. But you can't obtain more because you've got Him. Okay? The Christian life, this is really important, isn't about becoming. It's about discovering who you've become. And the moment you, you discover what, what He's done for you and who you have become because of it, what happens? You start to experience transformation in your life. So, this changes everything. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. And this is the key scripture for, for tonight. So, you, are all, you also are complete... Through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. 
Yeah, I, when I was preparing, I could have gone a lot deeper and I wanted to, I was tempted to, just on this one verse because there's so much in it. But the, 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 the bottom line of this verse is that because you're one with Christ, because you're united to Him, because His Spirit now lives in you, you're a Christian, you're complete. What are some synonyms for complete? Similar words. Full. Full. F-U-L-L. Whole. Lacking nothing. Finished. It's like now you're complete. You're whole. All those words were good. The ones that I could hear. But it's like now you're complete. You're the union. Now let's think about this. You're complete in Christ. Okay? I'm sure there's a number of us this evening. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know there would be a number of us this evening who are not complete in our bodies. Something's wrong with your body. It's not negative confession, but it's just saying that this it's not a prophecy. I'm just saying there's probably something that's not right. Okay? Uh, 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 so evidently, this union with Christ didn't, didn't make you whole in your body. Okay? Some of you, you're not whole in your minds. <laughs> oh. it's, it's not to make it light of anyone. We all have moments where we're just not right in our minds. I mean, you know, whether it's anger outbursts or whether it's depression or whatever the case is, that's not wholeness, right? So the moment you say yes to Jesus, you become one with Him, His Spirit fills you. It doesn't necessarily change your, your thinking and your emotions and all of that, right? So the change that takes place is phenomenal. God Almighty comes to take up residence in you. But your body, none of us, ex except me if I pull my hair down, look like Jesus. <laughs> Next week. A little bit, a little bit. I'll accept it, Arnold. Arnold's with me there tonight. Yeah, so, so it's like, you know, we, we don't all look like Jesus look. We don't always act like Jesus act. We don't always think like Jesus thinks. But in our spirits, we're 100% perfect. We're 100% perfect. Why? Because God, that's God Almighty's Spirit in you now. It's not you. We need to make continual decisions now to offer our bodies and our emotions as living sacrifices. You're perfect in your spirit. Your body isn't. Your emotions aren't. And acceptable worship, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Our acceptable, reasonable worship is offering our bodies, not our spirits, our bodies as living sacrifices. That means you're pulling your body, your actions, and even your emotions, your thoughts, and your desires in line with your spirit. And you're saying, I'm going in the direction that God's going. And that's acceptable worship. You guys sounded awesome tonight. That's not acceptable worship. Acceptable worship is tomorrow morning you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to live for you. And then thinking happy, loving thoughts towards the people that we meet. Even when they don't deserve the happy, lovely thoughts. And especially when. Hebrews chapter 10. They're evidently speaking to Jamie's heart there. Hebrews chapter 10, <laughs> verse 10. And verse 14. It says, 
NLT. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Christ Jesus, of Jesus Christ once and for all time. For by that one offering he made forever, or he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And that's quite a, a statement. Firstly, his sacrifice, not your sacrifice, makes you holy. Verse 10. His sacrifice, not your sacrifice, makes you holy. Okay? We often think our sacrifice, I fasted for two weeks and this sacrifice to the Lord has made me more holy. What has that done? It's actually just made me full of pride. Because now I think I'm better than every other Christian who didn't fast for two weeks. Go and fast, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> you know? Verse 14, for by that one offering, the offering of Jesus, he forever made perfect. Forever made perfect. Forever made perfect. Made complete. As a Christian, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you are forever made perfect. There's never a moment when you're incomplete. Okay? There's never a moment when you're incomplete. There's never a moment when you're not perfect. In your spirit. In your physical body, yes. Okay? I told you, last Saturday we went up Table Mountain. I struggled. Jesus didn't struggle. He was there. <laughs> I was taking him up the mountain. You know? And on Sunday, last Sunday, I struggled even to bend over here to pick up things. Because I was so stiff. That lasted for a few days. <laughs> Today I'm fine. Praise God. But the point is, is my body is not perfect. It might be more perfect than yours, but it's not perfect. My emotions aren't perfect. And that sometimes I feel like hitting people. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, just not being kind. And what do I do? I yield to the truth and I say, I'm going to live like Jesus. And that's acceptable worship. Okay? But in my spirit, in those moments, I've got to remind myself, and this is how you overcome. You remind yourself that you're perfect. You know what? It's, you're struggling with smoking. Okay? It's not a sin. You smell like you've gone to hell, but you're not going to go there because of it. Okay? Someone last week asked me, like, I need some help with this. And so I was encouraging them with it, and I just said, every time you want to smoke, just say, I hate this, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, while you're smoking. Take the thing you're struggling with, and while you're doing it, do that. I'm whole, I'm complete. I, you know, because the thing is, is, you don't need drugs. You don't need uh, 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 extramarital sex or whatever it is to be able to be complete. We do these things because we feel incomplete. We feel like we need something more. We don't. Why? Because we're complete. And the more you focus in on your completeness, the more you're not going to want these things. Okay? So we need to transition... From believing that we're incomplete to embracing our completeness in Christ. Now, I've, I've used sin things as examples, but there's also a lot of unsin things. It's a new word. Unsin things. Things that are not sinful. There's a lot of things that are not sinful that we do because we don't feel complete. Okay? We'll get there. You can think of your own examples for now. But listen, we need to start embracing our oneness, our completeness with Him. When we believe we're incomplete, do you know what happens? We try to be complete 
through the flesh, through our efforts, through our actions. Which means we're not trusting Jesus, we're not trusting the Holy Spirit, we're trusting self, and aren't I awesome? Not is God is awesome, I'm awesome, because I'm trusting and relying on my own self. Okay? Uh, 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 when, we, when we believe we're complete in Christ, do you know what happens? We enter into rest, which is faith. Then you're not going to be striving anymore. Hebrews 4 verse 10 shows us that now it says, As we enter into God's faith rest, uh, faith rest life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrates His finished works and rests in them. So it's like when we believe God, we stop working. We stop striving. We no longer work to obtain perfection through performance because we're living in rest. Some of your anxiety issues are simply because you don't believe the gospel. Some of the issues that you have in your life are simply because you don't believe that God has made you complete. And you're trying to be complete. You're trying to impress Him. You're trying to bless Him. You're trying to get closer to Him. But you're not focused in on what the gospel has done for you in making you as close to God as you'll ever get. You can't get closer. You can feel closer. That's called intimacy. You can feel closer, but you're as close to God as you'll ever get. So we need to stop striving and start believing. Christianity isn't about self-effort to be better. It's not about do better to be better. Okay? It's not about performance. You know, a lot of Christians are in performance-based relationship with God. And they're tired. Obviously, everyone who didn't come tonight, because they were tired. So they're sleeping. <clears throat> but we're here. Aren't we awesome? Christianity isn't about doing right to becoming right. You know, well, how do we become right? Believe. Believe. How do we believe? We look to the grace of God, what He's done for us, and we go, wow. You can't look at the grace of God and go, not wow. You have to go, wow. Okay? We don't do hamster wheel Christianity. We don't do treadmill Christianity. That's for the gym. We do Christianity where it's a hammock. <laughs> and you're resting in the goodness of God. And you're like, wow, He loves me just the way I am. And when you believe that love more and more, it transforms you in your body and in your emotions. Because love will change you. The flesh is self-effort, and it's always geared towards doing something. Okay? Flesh is not Christianity, because Christianity is by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. Go read Galatians 5. We've looked at it a little bit. <coughs> but it's a, a, the flesh reacts to outside demands, rather than responding to the Spirit within. The flesh reacts to outside demands. So, you know, you're struggling with something... And people or society or whatever are like putting this thing on you. You need to be perfect. You need to change or whatever. Instead of listening to what the Spirit's saying within. And what would the Spirit be saying? You're complete. You're right. And you know what that activates? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So then all of a sudden, you start to transform because you're believing the truth about yourself. The flesh puts working before resting. I'm not talking about lying in bed. I'm talking about effort to get closer to God. 
I'm talking about efforts to try and be accepted by God. I'm talking about, you know, the things we do to try and impress God. Like giving. We give, some people give to try and impress God. To try and get God's attention. God gave to try and get your attention. Do you know that? For God so loved the world. <laughs> so, so that whoever believes that section, John 3.16, is so that you would, he would get your attention. So God gave to get your attention, but you just give him your attention. You've already, he, he's already given you his attention. So now all you need to do is respond to him, his focus in on you. The flesh focuses on achieving before beholding, questioning before believing, giving before receiving, arguing before hearing. In contrast, faith, trusts faith releases faith expects okay faith rests faith listens faith comes by that's why faith listens faith comes by hearing hearing what isn't that crazy faith doesn't come through effort faith comes through hearing faith comes through effort it, uh, it doesn't come through fasting it comes through hearing Faith doesn't come through giving, it comes through hearing. Faith doesn't come through whatever you want to put in there. It comes through hearing. Hearing what? Romans chapter 10 verse 17. In, 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 um, most translations say the word of God, but in context it's talking about the gospel. It says, so faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. So it's not just hearing any words. It's not hearing Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. That doesn't bring faith. Okay, it's not just about hearing something random in Scripture and it builds faith. Something in Genesis, unless it's Jesus, it can't build faith. It has to be gospel. Gospel is what brings faith. Okay, it's the message of Christ. So here you go. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Passion Translation says, Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, Jesus speaking. I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. I love the word oasis there because it shows like you're in this desert. You're in this dry spell. This, this area which is just difficult, challenging. It's not nice. And Jesus is saying, I'm your oasis. I'm your hope of refreshing. Okay. And then verse 29, he says, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you is, will be pleasant and easy to bear. We always misuse this verse. And we're like, shame. You know, Lucas, you're having a rough day. Uh, your work is rough. This is tough. You know, da, 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 da. Jesus says, come unto me. You're heavy laden. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about your difficult week. Okay? Jesus loves you in your difficult week and He wants to help you through your difficult week. Amen. But the context of this verse is talking to legalistic Jews who are trying to get closer to God because of their performance. And what Jesus is saying, are you tired? The message actually puts it better. Are you tired? Worn out on religion. Burnt out on religion. That's how the message Bible puts it. Are you tired? Worn out on religion. Come to me. And Jesus is saying, when you come to Him, you don't find a new religion. You find rest. Christianity is about rest. Praise God. 
I like that. You know, many of us are burnt out from working and trying to please and love and serve God. We're trying to do the right thing. But we don't feel as if we're, we're ever going to measure up. You don't feel that you're ever going to be good enough. Why? Because you don't believe the gospel which says you're complete. You know, some of us are depressed because we don't believe we're complete. We're desperate to be free from bondages, addictions, whatever, fears, anxiety. All we need to do is be reminded that we're complete. And that's what Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to remind you that you're complete. We all need transformation in our lives at some place, at some point. Okay? The answer for that is actually focusing in on what He's done, not what we need to do. So you see the change that you need in your life. Don't try and change and become like that. What do you do? You focus in on grace. This is what Jesus has done for me. Okay, so you are complete. Let's all say it. I am complete. One, two, three. Okay, that sounded great. Well done. Out of God's heart of love for you, he's, he's not only forgiven you of all your sins. Think about that. All your sins forgiven. But if you're a believer, you've been washed from past, present, future tense sins. You, 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 it, it might not make sense to you, but you're clean. He accepts you. You're more pure than you ever will, will be. You're more right with God than you ever will be. The moment you, you received Him, you stepped into that righteousness. The moment you were saved, the finished work, you became His finished work. Now He's not working on you anymore. He's trying to work out of you. He's not trying to work on you. He's trying to work out of you. Because He's put Himself in you, and now He's trying to get out of you. Into your emotions, into your body, physically. That's called healing. <laughs> So even if your, your life is a mess, and maybe you're struggling with some stuff, even self-hatred, whatever you're struggling with, anxiety, fears, whatever, you can actually, in the middle of that struggle, say, I am free because of Jesus. He's, he's, I'm complete. I feel like this, but that's not the truth. My higher reality is, I'm complete in Christ. Your foundation of your life isn't your emotions. You are not what you believe. The foundation of your life, I'm sorry to, to tell you, is not your good looks. <laughs> the foundation of your life is your spirit. That's what lasts forever. And when we get that, then all we need to do is in challenging situations when someone you love is telling you you're useless, you're good for nothing, you can't even whatever, then in that moment, what do you do? You look to the foundation, which is the Spirit of God in you, and you say, I am complete. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10 says, For He is the complete fullness of the day of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. That word completeness there means to fill to the top so that there's nothing lacking. That's what you are. You are completely filled to the top. Nothing lacking. You're perfect in Christ. So in our lives, we've got to start from this place 
of I am free, I am whole, I am complete. Now, I'm not trying to become whole. I'm not trying to become free. I might feel depressed, but I'm still whole. I've got to, the, the thing I've got to do is focus on who I am in the spirit and not who I am feeling or what I'm looking like. Okay, that's where change starts to take place in our lives. When we, because when we become a child of God, we get His DNA. That's perfection. Now, because of that perfection, I need to focus on it so that I can start to act like Him. What does acting like Him look like? The fruit of the Spirit, love. I start to love people. I start to have more joy in my life. I start to be at more peace. I start to be gentle, kind, etc. What is, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm starting to mature and become more like Jesus. I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I, I'm stepping out in boldness to share the love of Jesus with people, etc. We start at the finish line. We are complete. Yeah? When we're born again, we become children of God. Completely. You're not becoming more of a child of God. You're completely a child of God. John 8, 36, Amplified Classic says, So if the Son liberates you, makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. So whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free. You are complete. You might look at your life and say, but you don't know how I'm not free. I'm just really not free. I'm, I've got all these toxic thoughts and feelings and actions in my life. In the middle of that, you've got to stop and say, I'm complete. I've got the Spirit of God living in me. I've got to start thinking differently. I'm going to offer my thoughts, my life, my body as a living sacrifice and start to think like Jesus. Choose to do the right thing. You'll start to see your life change. Not because you're trying, but because you're changing your belief. Colossians 2.10 again says, You are complete through your union with Christ. Not through anything else. In the context... I might get there, not next week, but the week after or so. But it says that you're complete through your union with Christ. So a lot of what churchianity even tells us about how we can become better Christians is not going to bring us completion. You're complete through your spiritual house cleansing. That's what they told me. You're complete through your giving. Baptism, even though it might be good, is not what completes you. Worship doesn't complete you. Bible study doesn't complete you. Bible study is good, amen? But it can, it can help you discover your completeness. We are complete because of our union, our relationship with Jesus. So, I leave you with a question or two for the week. Questions that I'm not answering. <laughs> Number one, what am I doing to try and be complete? That's something to stop. What am I doing to try and be complete? Is there something in my life that I'm focusing on and I'm doing because I'm trying to be complete? And then how can I stop striving and start believing, start trusting, start resting? How can I stop striving? So in, in that thing that you're, you're focused on to try and be closer to God, to try and be more uh, complete... What do you need to stop? And what do you need to start believing? How can you, you what do you need to start, uh, uh, how, do you, how can you trust more in that area of your life? And it's all it's going to do is focus in on your completeness is the answer.
But you're going to have to turn your eyes off of something and onto someone. Jesus in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, I was thinking about this as I was uh, preparing. I was thinking about it in terms of the book of Galatians. And we might end up there somewhere in another uh, message, but this is the essence of the book of Galatians. Paul writing to the church of Galatia saying, Hey, you're complete in Christ. You do not need to do anything to try and be complete. You know, because they had people coming and saying, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow the holy uh, uh, festivals and the, the special days. And you need to do this and you need to do that. These feasts, whatever. And they're saying, you're not complete without all of these things. And Paul's saying, if you add any of these things to the gospel, it's no longer gospel. You can't add to the finished work of Christ and be left with Christ. This is the danger of it. He's writing Galatians very passionately to warn them that if you're trying to be complete through anything that you do, it's kind of you're pulling away from Christ. You're you're not going to experience the life of Christ and the fruitfulness that you could have because you're focused in on you. Self-centeredness is a bigger enemy than the devil. (laughs) because we're focused in on ourselves, and he might just get you to focus on yourself you know we we might not be sitting here thinking we focus on the devil and we're worshipping the devil or not or whatever the question is but you just focused on yourself it's probably worse you're in order to be saved we saw that you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth look to a savior and say I need rescuing that's how we live our Christian life as well Jesus I'm focused on you I'm not focused on what I'm doing. You you need healing. You're not focused on your confession and your fasting and your praying and your Bible reading and your whatever to try and get that healing. You're focused in on Jesus. You're the healer. And I'm just going to stay focused on you. I'm going to keep believing you. I'm keeping my my heart and my my mind fixed on you. You, you, You're you're, you're struggling with with anxiety and you need peace in your life and you're like focused, you're like, I need to do this, I need to do this. That doesn't develop peace usually. But you're trying and Jesus is just like, give up, focus on me and I am your peace. And then as you experience that peace, you won't have to try anything. When the light's on, you don't try and get the light on. Amen? And so Father, I thank you. Just close your eyes right now and just become aware of His presence which is here. He's here right now and He wants to minister to you. Father, we thank You for Your presence which is here. And I just invite You by Your Spirit just to come and and just touch every single heart right now. Bring freedom, Father, where freedom is needed. Freedom from focused on ourselves to focus on You. Jesus, we thank you that we don't have to save ourselves because we've got you. Thank you that we are complete in you. And you are completely in us. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you feel broken. That's not your reality, that's your feeling. You're not broken. You're complete in Christ. 
Some of you feel like you're not good enough, you don't measure up, you're not... You know, and in, in the flesh, maybe you need to learn some things or whatever, but God looks at you and He's like, you're perfect, you're complete. You don't have to be more spiritual, you just need to change your focus. Change what you believe. You're complete in Christ. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gathering. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch by email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.